Hello, welcome to the latest edition of the Opening Bell, the Boxing News podcast. I'm editor Tris Dixon, joined by Matt Christie, uh, who um, is back from a rather extravagant week in Las Vegas, having seen your uh, expenses, um, which I need to go through a little <laughs> bit more scrupulously. Um, Matt, how was Vegas, apart from what I've seen on the uh, expense sheet, or expense sheets, plural? Um, it was... It was a brilliant week, um, I'd go so far as to say, um, in all the years I've been lucky enough to be here, that was my favourite trip. That's good. Yeah. I'm glad it went well. Why? What was, what was so good about it? I don't know, there was just... The fight was good, the main event was good, Pacquiao-Bradley was a good fight. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the second time I've been out for a Manny Pacquiao fight, there was kind of a... Um, but with the, the first time I went out there, it was, for Shane Mo- it was the Shane Mosley fight, and that was almost like... You know, Pacquiao's going to win, he's going to win easily. And there was kind of that feeling that it was more an event than a fight that time round. For this, for this contest, there really was almost a feeling of impending doom for Manny Pacquiao in that, you know, we could be seeing the last of him. Um, and that kind of, that feeling did kind of increase for me a little bit, particularly in, in the seconds before the fight started and the atmosphere, um, during the during the walk-ins was was like nothing of of experience before. Well, you were at Bernard Dunn, Ricardo Cordoba, and the atmosphere yeah. there was extraordinary. Yes, it was. The, it was extraordinary. Um, but I think because I'd been there in like for for three days leading up to the Pacquiao, and you've spoke to the trainers, you've seen the fighters mulling around, you spoke to various other people. It's 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 it, it, it becomes your your life. It's all consuming. You live yeah, yeah, the fight, don't yeah. you? And, um, it's different, really. It's 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 hard, it's hard to explain for for those who haven't experienced it like that. But um, yeah, it's kind of all your work you've been doing, all you everything you've been thinking is about to reach, you know, its point. I had a very similar experience last year. Oh God! <laughs> You're going again next week, aren't you? Well, at least I've at least I've had seven days to to revel in. in <laughs> But no, I mean, you talk about the atmosphere. Let's let's just talk a little bit about the fight, um, or a lot about the fight, because it was for four rounds. It looked like it was going to be a classic. And my interpretation of, on from the TV is that Bradley, certainly Bradley, but possibly Pacquiao as well, were loading up too much on their punches, and basically they they fought the second half of the fight at a much slower pace uh, because they punched themselves out to an extent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. It's certainly, that was certainly the case with Bradley, and kind of going back to what I was saying with this, with this sense that we might be about, about to witness something spectacular. Um, I did have a feeling that Bradley was going to land one of those home run shots, and Pacquiao was going to be was going to get knocked out in the first few rounds. But Bradley had kind of set this stall for himself um, in that he said, "Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to be looking for the knockout," even when it seemed the wiser option was not to do that. But he said he was going to do that. Um, he was questioned several times during the build-up. Are you sure? Is that what you're going to do? Are you playing mind games? I don't play mind games. This is what I'm going to do. His trainer also reiterated that. If Bradley says that he's going to get in his face, expect him to get in his face. Bradley, all of a sudden, for me, he fought the wrong fight. He fought a bad. He fought not a bad fight, but he was, as you say, he looked gassed by the midway point. And I think perhaps on my card, he was probably edging it at that at that point just on, on, on sheer industry, although the industry was wild. Um, would it have been different if, if, if Bradley had have, had, had have played to his strengths? 
who knows? Um, but yeah, I, I believe that Bradley fought the wrong fight, and he he just he just wasn't himself in there. He was almost trying to impress, and I think the hangover from that first fight, or the scorecards of their first fight, which is so which are now so notorious, um, affected Bradley more in the sequel than it affected Pacquiao. Who would you like to see Bradley fight next? I'd be well up for a rubber match, but I don't think we'll see that. Um, um, I don't know. Why good. would you want a rematch? Because everyone says Pacquiao won the first one. Now he's won the second one. Yeah, no. I mean, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be up for it. I'm not saying I'm clamouring for it. Okay. Um, but I thought the second fight, first fight was okay. Second fight, I thought was a cracker. And I think the third fight would be, would be another good spectacle. Um, but I don't think we'll see that because, like you say, I think Pacquiao's proved that, proved who the better man is. Okay. Um, so Bradley, uh, there's talk of Pacquiao getting the Alvarado. Uh, Marquez winner in a couple of a couple yeah. of weeks time from when that fight happens um, Bradley could take on the loser yeah he could do I mean and as, then in, we've, then as, we've in, as in Alvarado because I mean there's no sense in him fighting Marquez well, well, again. That, that's the thing I mean if, if that is the case I mean who's gonna who's gonna whose appetite is gonna be whetted by um, Pacquiao Alvarado and uh, Bradley Marquez too I think you could make a case for Pacquiao Alvarado being a, a good fight but I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not overwhelmed with, with it all gets with the a little path bit, that it's going. It, obviously, you've got to accept somewhat grudgingly that top rank are going to keep their fighters in house. It all becomes a little bit more appealing when you factor in Ruslan Provodnikov, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. And you put him into the mix because you kind of want to see him fight anybody. But you've got a feeling that his, you know, his sort of style will bring excitement against any one of those guys. Obviously, we've seen what he would do with Tim Bradley in their first fight, which was the fight, fight of the year last year. Mm. Um, so Provodnikov against any of those guys brings a lot to the table, doesn't he? Provodnikov, yeah, very, very welcome addition to that mix. Um, he is... Yeah, he's he's bursting to, to, to be let loose on those guys. Um, I sensed I did speak to him briefly, and yeah, he's got an air of a lunatic that you like to see in these kind of fighters. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, I, what I'd have liked to have seen, and I think Provodnikov himself would have liked, would have been a Provodnikov Marquez matchup, then the winner of that meets um, meets. Interestingly, you see, there's been this, there's been talks while you're away, and, and this week there's been talks of uh, um, dissension in the ranks in Golden Boy with a um, possible bust up between Oscar De La Hoya and Richard Schaefer. Um, I'm sure we'll speak about that, um, or I'll try and get to the bottom of it next week in Vegas. Um, De La Hoya said that there's a, he sort of played it down. And Schaefer said, I don't know where that's come from. Basically, they, they seem to be at odds even about patching things up. Mm. Um, we'll see where that lies. But there's an interesting story in the LA Times that part, as part of De La Hoya's rehab, he needs to work with Bob Arum, you know, to put some ghosts to rest. And uh, which you can see because forgiveness helps people to move on, etc., etc. Um, and with that, there's mention of Pacquiao fighting Canelo later this year. I mean, if, if Golden Boy and Top Rank start doing business together, that opens the sluice gates to some cracking fights at like Welter and Welterweight, doesn't it? And, and also like middle, obviously, because that's where Pacquiao would have to fight Sal Alvarez. I would hope, 
that, that both parties, both you know, from, from those two promotional giants, realise from beneath their sacks of cash that for the good of boxing they need to work together and it's okay we could sit here and we could talk about it for the next three weeks but it's it's so you would hope that they realize that this needs to happen and Freddie Roach said it and it's been said it's, it's been said countless times Freddie Roach wasn't the first person to mention this but you go back and you look at not so long ago it was it was Don King and Bob Arum which were the superpowers and they they absolutely despised each other but they also realised that to make the best fights and to make the most money, they had to work together from time to time, and that's what used to happen. Um, at the moment, there is this horrendous standoff, which we've both discussed quite a lot here, and it's been in the magazine, it's on the website, um, that is really seriously damaging the sport at the moment. So let's hope that, that Oscar's rehab ultimately is a bit of rehab for the sport as well. Yeah, sure. Let's hope so. Um, there's certainly plenty of rehabbing to go. I saw also a story online that um, the WBC and the WBA are seeking talks to try to work together. So um, I don't know if there's some kind of April Fool's thing going around that no one's sure told us about. Sure um, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> but, but maybe people are starting to realise that this sport is a bit of a sleeping giant and can be huge if yeah. people work together for the common good of the sport, and that means building huge fan bases um, to bring more people in, bring in more casual fans, try to turn them to hardcore fans by putting on the fights people want for titles people that will understand. Let's hope so, let's hope so. So, it, Roger that. Okay, um, all right, just tell me a little bit more about Las Vegas. <laughs> what, what, what you got, why you got the opportunity, because let's face it, it's only, yeah, one, it's only one episode, and then I'm going <laughs> to Tell me, what was the actual highlight, fight aside, what was the highlight of the week? And I mean boxing related. <laughs> yeah, well, it, is, it is kind of boxing related. Fight aside um, would have been that build-up, but okay, if we take that whole evening out of the equation, it probably would have been the night before when I went to um, Las, the Las Vegas Hall of Fame dinner and um, you had people like Roy Jones Jr., Evander Holyfield, um, Shane Mosley, uh, kind of mulling around, um, kind of speaking to punters. It was predominantly a kind of you know get 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 a sense of boxing community in Las Vegas. That was the point of the exercise. It was also a fundraising um, fundraising dinner as well. Um, and then out of nowhere, in comes um, Floyd Mayweather, um, surrounded by absolutely huge um, bodyguards and they were not muscle bound, they were just tall and um, pretty, pretty chubby but they, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't fancy going up and, and, and trying, to, trying to speak to Floyd Mayweather but anyway all of a sudden the Nevada Hall of Fame show turned into the Floyd Mayweather show um, and this is on the back of some pretty controversial stuff with the MGM Grand promoting um, Floyd Mayweather's fight more heavily than the um, Manny Pacquiao fight. Um, so here we have got Floyd Mayweather again stealing the show. And yeah, just to see him um, kind of going about his business, and he's clearly in a world that, that, that you or I will never experience. Um, and he's, 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 uh, he's, yeah, he's, he's, by the end of it all, he's dancing on the table, stone cold, sober, I hasten to add. Um, dancing on the table, Zab Judah is there, 
Um, they're both yelling at the DJ, um, and you've but you've also got fans around him, desperate to to kind of just to just have a chat to their idol. That didn't happen, and all of a sudden, at about eleven. I mean, I won't. I mean, Mayweather was getting involved with with the auctions, and he was a good sport and everything else. Um, and then all of a sudden, at eleven o'clock, he looked at his watch, and instantly his diamond encrusted watch. Every time he looked at it, which I found a little bit vulgar was he put, he would take his sunglasses out so in order to to be able to view the time without damaging his eyes such was the, the shininess of his that's watch that's what we do here at Boston <laughs> with our time axis but then at 11 yeah 11 p.m he just suddenly he saw it was 11 o'clock he was like right we've got to go we've got to go i haven't trained for five hours and that was it bosh he was off did the place did it die down after that when he left or did it still Sort of have the same swing and no, yeah, that, that was pretty much that was pretty much pretty much the end of it. That, that was it. That really? was pretty much the end of it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, who was the, who was the high point? Who who was the best person you spoke to? A most enjoyable conversation with out there, and it could be a writer, fighter, trainer, anything. Um, I don't Again, know. boxing related though. Oh right. Okay. Um, <laughs> And, it was a great, and you're not allowed to pay for the great, company. I had a great conversation with a waitress in Caesar's <laughs> Palace Casino. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know, I really enjoyed meeting Kieran. Um, Kieran Mulvenny. Kieran Mulvenny. I'd never, I'd never I've, I've, I think we'd exchanged emails and what have you, but I'd never actually had the chance to, to sit and chat to him, a real gentleman. Um, uh, who else was out there? Um, Trying to think, there was there was so many people, there was so many boxes. It's always it's always good to talk to talk to the fight. Provodnikov, as I said, had that air of, of craziness about him, which I always enjoy. Um, but there was the language barrier there. Marcus Maidana also um, had that had that kind of air of a, of a very focused psychopath. Um, it's it it was just fascinating. I mean, there was one point you said highlights. There was another highlight, which I think it was on the Friday. The Friday or the Saturday, um, and I was busily typing up, I think, an interview with Sean Porter, and I kind of looked around me, and Mickey Ward is just behind me, chatting away to someone. Roy Jones was up on one of the stages doing a radio interview. Um, Freddie Roach kind of just ambled into the media centre, and you've just got all this going on you said Chavez Senior Chavez Senior Chavez Senior was there I'd seen Chavez Junior earlier on um, and it I just had a bit of a a bit of a moment which I think you know I've I've, I've been in the industry a few years now and I was in the industry you know with KOTV before being here but I just think it's very very important for however long you've been in the industry to keep on having these moments Really, um, because it was, it was, it really brought it all home to me. What a wonderful, what a wonderful job we've got. Yeah, good. I'm glad you think that. <laughs> um, there's not much more I can say to that. Yeah. No, but it sounds like a really good trip. The stuff on the website was brilliant. Really enjoyed it. It's still all up there. There's, of course, Bobby Hunter's roundup as well from the yeah. Fight School Collector. Interesting stuff this time. It was very interesting when when Bradley and Pacquiao first fought, and obviously yeah. the second time yeah. makes for just as interesting reading. Um, while on the subject of Mayweather, um, I am heading out to Vegas on Monday and I'll be taking these with me, although they're available in the US as well. We have um, a Floyd Mayweather bookazine, 
Um, it's absolutely packed with stuff, really big, thick, glossy book of zine. Um, we've got all of his fight reports from Boxing News over the years, and to say he's had a mixed press is probably about the, as yeah. good as you could say. Uh, there's some really, really strong Mayweather stuff there, particularly in the early days by our late American correspondent Jim Brady. It makes for really interesting reading. Um, we've got Floyd's life in pictures, we've got uh, all about the money team, we've got stuff about Floyd fighting the greatest fighters of all time, we've got training like Mayweather, we've got an interview with Tommy Hearns on how he would have fought Floyd Mayweather, uh, whether he would have beaten him or not, uh, and we've also spoken to a number of Floyd Mayweather opponents on what it's actually like to be in the ring with Floyd. Uh, all that and much, much more. Uh, I'd recommend you guys to check it out. Of course, it's available to download from our app store as well. Uh, be on the newsstand from April the 24th um, and in Barnes & Noble in the US. So uh, keep an eye out for it. Uh, but well worth a look. Probably graphically, perhaps our best book of zine yet. Really, really looks the part. Um, Matt, more contemporary stuff, because obviously Vegas now, uh, we're looking forward now rather than back. Yeah, yeah, we do do that on this podcast, don't we? Um, never ever look back on past trips to Vegas. No, no, perish the thought. <laughs> Slightly more recently than your uh, archaic trip, um, we have, uh, well, actually, to start with the current issue, because I've got it up here on screen, um, Bernard Hopkins, uh, defying father time still with a, um, a very handy win over Bebit Shumanov, despite another C.J. Ross-style scorecard uh, from one of the officials. Um, Bernard Hopkins, does he have a feasible chance against Sergei Kovalev and Adonis Stevenson, and would you make him a pre-fight favourite against either of them? Um, it's, it's very, very difficult. We spoke about this before. On form, Hopkins has got the better resume. Into, even if you just look at his last three fights, for example, he's, he's, he's fought the better quality um, but if you have common opponents Adonis Stevenson flattened Dawson Hopkins lost to Dawson um, there was an argument that perhaps a 48 year old or 49 year old man shouldn't be going in there with um, people like um, uh, Stevenson and, and Kovalev you know which who are both um, two of the hardest hitting fighters pound for pound in the sport uh, however he's Hopkins has proved that he deserves those fights he's He's, he's one of the best light heavyweights, if not the best light heavyweight around today. Um, good luck to him. Yeah, fair enough. Um, it's a bit of a shame that we're not going to get the Stevenson-Kovalev fight because style-wise that was the one that everyone wanted, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But the chance to see Hopkins at the age of 50 as an um, undisputed champion is also pretty attractive as well, isn't it? I mean, it's just a once-in-a-lifetime thing, isn't it? Yeah, it really is, and I think you know. As I say, he's earned, he's earned that. He's earned. It's not like, and I did, I did a little weekend review. It's not uh, for the website this week. You know, it's not like he's a veteran like Shannon Briggs, for example, springs to mind with his recent antics, who has done absolutely nothing to merit a shot, a shot at these, these, you know, the leader in his division. Absolutely nothing at all. Hopkins has proved that he can still perform at the age of forty-nine far better than pretty much anybody around him. Um, so, yeah, let's see what happens, let's see what happens. But I agree with you, Kovalev-Stevenson would have been a far, far more engrossing spectacle. 
On the undercard, Sean Porter destroyed Paulie Malinaji in four rounds. Shocked by that? I was shocked that, Porter, that, that Malinaji was, that was, was stopped in four rounds. Yeah, really, 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 really shocked by that. Um, he's, you know, he's been durable throughout his career. I mean, who can forget his fight against Miguel Cotto when he stood up to some horrendous facial injuries to last the distance. Um, I think this really, I've, you can go back to Malinaji's age, but he hadn't, he, certainly he was closer to the finish than, than the start, but he looked okay against Abjuda in December. Um, for me, this is a really, really um, impressive result for Sean Porter, a fantastic performance, and one that I think should get him the intention that he really should have received when he went, came along from from, from, not from obscurity, he had a bit of a, he had, he had quite a reputation a few years ago that had dwindled somewhat, but then he came along and he upset Devin Alexander, highly respected champion, and didn't really get the credit for that. Now that he's stopped Paul Malinaji in such emphatic fashion, I think that Porter can put himself amongst the welterweight big guys. In his last three fights, you've got a resounding win over uh, Julio Diaz. Yeah which obviously was the, the one after the draw. Yeah. So the, the, the win over Julio Diaz, um, the win over Devin Alexander, and now a stoppage of Pauli Malinaji. It's not a bad run of form, is it? No, and there, were t there were even times in that Alexander fight, and I remember I just thought, God, he's going to stop him. He, he had Alexander all over the place, I think maybe the fourth or the fifth round, and Alexander really looked like he was about to go. Um, so yeah, I mean, um, I went to Las Vegas last week, a uh, week before maybe, I spoke to Sean Porter and uh, <laughs> he, uh, he said... Oh my God. He said, um, no, but he was, he was absolutely loving the surroundings of the whole big fight and I kind of asked him, I said, is this what you want? He said, this is exactly, this is exactly what I want and this is exactly where I see myself going. And I think Porter against any of the top welterweights would be a cracking fight. Brooke? Good fight. I give Brooke a better chance than I, than I gave Malinaji. I think Styles make fights. Brooke, Brooke can whack. Um, he can kind of gain um, Porter's respect, perhaps with with his punch. Um, but yeah, now now you you, you favour Porter. Okay, interesting stuff. Um, also this week, there's a. Uh, um an obituary in the magazine, digital and print issues. Um, Bob Mee's done uh, on the late pass on the passing of the late Ruben Carter. Uh, Carter immortalised uh, by in film by Denzel Washington. Um, he'd been in poor health for a while in Canada. Um, Matt, what are your recollections of Aviva Carter or Hurricane the movie? Yeah, I remember. I remember the movie. I was obviously being a you know, into boxing from a, from a young age, I was aware of, of Carter before I saw the film and his story. Um, good film, a bit Hollywood-esque, um, and you know, perhaps isn't this isn't the right platform to 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 speak about about you know whether or not Carter did these things that were that that, that he found himself in prison for. But but certainly, Reuben Carter is has been an example of what. Hollywood can do for a character. Yeah, for sure. Um, Carter, um, famously in the film, or infamously in the film, whichever way you choose to look at it, uh, was uh, it was made to look like he, he got the short end of the shit stick against um, Joey Giardello um, based on uh, racial prejudice when in fact Joey had handily outpointed mm -hmm. him. Um, but like you say, that's Hollywood-esque, that's what happens. 
But talking of Hollywood-esque, this weekend, you'll like this segue, Alex Lepi is fighting <laughs> Vladimir Klitschko, and if ever there's a rocky story, uh, it's gonna be this. Uh, with Betway, um, Lepi is a 40 to one underdog. Uh, is there any way, shape or form, that he can dethrone Vladimir Klitschko? Legally. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's it's a boxing match. It's one on one. Um, Leopai is not the worst heavyweight in the world, um, but for me, he's you know he's he's just about in the top fifty in the world. Um, it would take. Do you think he beat Shannon Briggs? I think he beat Shannon Briggs today. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I haven't seen. I haven't seen Sharon Briggs's latest pair of knockouts that he's, that he's put together in the space of eight days. But anyway, but yeah, Leopai, um, he's he seems so far below skill-wise Klitschko that to me this seems it, it does seem like a mismatch. Normally, normally when you get these kind of fights, I'll be the one that's saying, "Well, you just don't know." You just don't know. This is one of the few with, and obviously running the risk of, of having egg on my face, uh, this is one of the few contests where I'm struggling, I'm struggling to, to find a reason why Leopi wins this fight. It's gonna take an absolutely fantastic punch, uh, a completely uncharacteristic drop in concentration or an injury or something farcical for, for, for Klitschko to, to lose his title. Do you know what, I'm working on the Mayweather Maidana preview out there as, 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 not as we speak, but today. And uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned I'm going out to that fight next <laughs> week. But oh yeah, you've been there before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're good. Um, yeah, so um, heading out there and it's interesting you talk about Leopold like that because the Mayweather Maidana fight is called The Moment and it's kind of, you could say that's the same for Leopi in the sense that Maidana and Leopi both have one chance, a puncher's chance, and it's one moment where lightning can strike onto the point of the chin and stories can change forever. Um, obviously, uh, Leopi is a, a larger underdog, um, but that said, uh, Maidana is um, not exactly an overwhelming favorite Obviously, he's not a favourite at all. Um, so, I don't know. I think, again, they've both got punches chances, but um, having to weigh up um, Mayweather and Maidana is slightly more troublesome uh, than Leopi Klitschko, which, as you say, is very hard to look beyond anything. They're a really, really straightforward, simple night's work. Yeah, I agree. And I think, I think the one thing that you get with these kind of fights, however one-sided they may seem from the outset, like Mayweather, Maidana, like Klitschko, Leopold, is that when you've got a champion, a dominant champion like these two guys, who I think off the top of my head are probably the, mo the two most dominant champions that boxing has had over the last 10 years, law of averages suggests that if, as, long as, they, as, as long as they keep fighting, sooner or later they're going to lose. Um, so you kind of start wondering, well, what if that does happen? What if, what if Maidana does come out and catch him cold in the first round? Or what if Leopold does land that? You know that uppercut in the fourth round and, and, and what have you. You do you do wonder, but yeah, it's it's tough to make cases for, for underdogs when 
when they're just they just seem they just seem to be so so far below their their opponents. So Maidana, you can get seven to one with Betway. The draw at thirty three to one. Floyd three to fifty on, which tells you pretty much all you need to know. Uh, we'll do another. Uh, we'll look ahead to another fight on that bill um, later on in a, in another issue. Uh, when Amir Khan fights Louis Colazo in a fight that's uh, also hard to call and far, far, far more even on the, uh, according to the bookies too. Um, but Matt, have you seen any of the action from Manchester yet? Scott Quigg show and with the Battle of Manchester. Um, yeah, but I've only seen uh, the Murray Crawler fight as well. Oh, okay. Seen. What did you make of Murray Crawler? Yeah, he was kind of exactly as I thought it would be. Um, two Fabulous competitors, very much in love with the trade, giving it their all, good honest boxing. Um, and I had a feeling that Crawler would win, I wasn't sure. Um, and it kind of looked like it would be Crawler the longer the fight was going on. But yeah, hats off to the pair of them. And John Murray, what he said afterwards, I thought was brilliant. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, friendship solidified rather than splintered uh, as a consequence of their fight. Terrific fight. Um, it would be interesting to see what the John Murray of two years ago would have done with Anthony Crawler yeah. before the inactivity, um, before out of the ring stuff, you know, with the failed brain scan and everything yeah. else that he's had to um, endure. Um, but yeah, it was a fantastic advert for the sport, uh, what they put on. Um, and at short notice, Scott Quigg uh, got rid of Shifriwa Munyai, um, something that not many British smaller guys have been able to do over the years. Uh, obviously he came here and wreaked havoc on Martin Power and Lee Haskins yeah, a few years ago. Um, but Munyai, uh, I was speaking to um, one, of my train, one of my friends who's a trainer uh, in South Africa um, before the fight, and he said Munyai had been training in his gym recently. Uh, or at the end, sorry, not, not that recently, at the back end of last year, and while he still had some world-class skills, his chin certainly wasn't what it was, and that was mm. proved to be the case um, on the night with, with Quid blowing, blowing him out. Um, but very impressive from Scott Quigg in terms of doing what he had to do and doing it in style, onwards and upwards, and possibly a spot on the um, Frotch Groves 2 bill, which um, would be interesting to see. Um, apart from that, it's been chocker, isn't it? Yeah. The last few weeks, the last couple of weeks have been absolutely hectic for us, um, which is why there was no podcast last week, which uh, we should apologise for. Um, but uh, but there's going to be there's a, a run of some seriously big fights ahead. Now we've obviously got um, Mayweather and Khan together soon. Uh, we've got Marquez Alvarado, um, and then of course we've got Frotch Groves right around the corner, which is coming around really quickly, isn't it, man? Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Who are you siding with for that one at the moment? Because for me, it's changed. I've got to say, I've changed a couple of times, and it'll be a while before I go on record with who I'm picking. But it's definitely changed once or twice in the last couple of weeks. I've got to, I've got to agree with you. Um, I mean, I won't say um, who I'm thinking at this moment in time. Um, but yeah, I've, I, I have changed and I fully expect to change again before the fight starts. It is one of those, that it's, I can't remember being as excited about a domestic contest as this, to be honest with you. Um, I think perhaps when I was younger, you certainly, 
Eubank Ben too. I was I was very much looking forward to Eubank Watson too. I was very much looking forward to um, Bruno Lewis perhaps. Um, but certainly in my in my in my adult life and through my, my working career, um, this is the biggest domestic fight for me, and I I can't wait. Wembley Stadium. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be packed. Still, still, we're still awaiting news about the um, the next uh, twenty thousand seats when they're yeah. going to become available. Um, but interestingly, um, they did a dry run at Wembley Stadium last week, where they've got all the stuff out. They got the ring up and to see to make sure that they could do it in the right amount of time, which they which they did. Um, but yeah, some it's it's getting that close. You can almost taste the fight, can't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, you can, and it's a nice. To, I think Mayweather, Maidana, whatever you say about the, um, you know, Maidana's credentials as a Mayweather opponent, it's, it's certainly a nice appetizer for that, isn't it? And uh, I mean, Mayweather fights are always events, and like I said earlier, you have always got that. Ooh, what if? What if this is the night where he loses on beating record? In the magazine this week, and we won't give away too much, but Paddy Fitzpatrick and George Groves have given up the information, the secret behind the number six that they've been using on Twitter, the hashtags and everything else. Um, do you think what they've said will have any bearing on the result? Um, the first instinct is no. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's, I mean, I, you know, I urge people to, to give it a read, even if you think it's a load of nonsense. You, you'll still find it interesting as you're reading it. Um, the, again, it's 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 the whole it's the whole psychology aspect of this fight for me, which was certainly the foundations for which of which were built in the lead up to the first fight. But those foundations have grown and grown with what happened in the first fight and and now, and it really is it's fascinating. It's all very very interesting. And over the next few weeks, as the promotion intensifies, I think it's going to get more and more interesting. Okay, do you think it will take some of the shine off the Mayweather fight next week? <laughs> um, it might take some of the shine off your post-Vegas stories, uh, because obviously we all need to be talking about Frotch Groves then, but um, no, I think, I think rest assured that, that, that Mayweather may die or stand up as an event all on its own. With the amount of promotions that you saw for the Mayweather fight while you were out there, do yeah. you think I'll be surprised at how heavily it's been marketed? Yeah, I think you will. I mean, I, no exaggeration. I mean, I've been I've been travelling for. I think what with travelling, getting the train from my home in Brighton, and everything else, and there was a connecting flight in Atlanta. Um, I think I've been travelling for the best part of about 27 hours. I worked it out. At. By the time I eventually got there, I think it was about 8 p.m. And at that time, I thought, no, I'm not going to go to sleep. I'm going to try and last till about 10 or 11, like kind of what time I'd normally be going to bed, and. You've got this you've kind of got a strange feeling of, of of deliriousness, haven't you? Like that. And I looked up, and then my hotel was opposite the MGM Grand. I looked up to this huge uh, poster of Floyd Mayweather, which I believe is there the majority of the time anyway. And I thought, right, I'll walk through the MGM Grand and I'll see more Pacquiao stuff. Um, and my intention was to come out the other side of the MGM Grand and then look on the other side, and then and then I thought I would see. But I walked through, and I couldn't even see. Um, any of the any of the games tables within the casino that had any any Pacquiao marketing on them, and as I'm walking through, I'm thinking, I've, I've, I've come out the wrong week here, because I couldn't I couldn't see anything at all for Pacquiao. It crossed my mind ever so briefly 
that I'd come out on the right. And I remember coming out, I came out um, of the other side of the MGM and walked down the strip and I can't remember which hotel or casino or bar it was that, that had the huge, that had some kind of, um, I forget the word, but anyway, the, then that had some, a big... What, like the electric screen? Yeah, yeah, the electric screen. had a huge Ducati, Bradley, Pacquiao, but it took me that long to walk through before... You'd seen spot, anything? ...spot anything for Bradley Pacquiao. But there was plenty, there was plenty, plenty of Mayweather stuff going on in there. So yeah, I think, I think you will be surprised. I think you'll be surprised. Because it was already all over the gaming tables when I was out there. Interesting, okay. All right, well, I'm sure you might hear about it from me uh, in the next couple of weeks. Then, I right? hope so. I'm sure, we'll have, I'm sure you'll have a full debrief on the podcast well, thanks, anyway. Thanks for giving me the platform today. I enjoyed that. That's all right, Matt. That's all right. Enjoy, enjoy it while it lasts, yeah? Okay. All right. Um, all right. Thanks a lot for joining us again. Uh, apologies for no podcast last week. I hope you've enjoyed this. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, whether or not we, uh, I can pre-record with Matt before I go out, I'm not sure. So it might be Matt, one of the other guys. We'll have to see. Um, but thanks for joining us this week. We'll be back next, and I'll be back in a fortnight. Uh, for a full Las Vegas <laughs> debrief. <Three> hour special. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye bye.